Well, good morning, everyone. You doing all right? Wasn't that just awesome to be a part of that? We love being a part of child dedication and dedicating our kids to the Lord and how we're going to parent them and how we're going to partner with the parents. We love all of that. Hey, if on your seat real quick before we jump into the message, did everybody get one of these? Because we want you to get one of these today. This is something that we're going to start today moving through the holidays. This is a kindness card and we have a couple of thousand of them out on the welcome booth if you would like another but here's what we're going to encourage our church family to do because this is who we are these little cards are, are opportunities for us to open a door through kindness to people in the world that need to hear about Jesus this little card says something extra to show you God loves you and this is our way that when we go today at lunch we go out and eat or this week sometime to to put something a little extra on the tip and to set this with them, or maybe if you're making your neighbor a, a good homemade apple pie, can I get an amen on that? Something like that. Take them a little, something. people that don't have church homes, this is going to be our goal for the next couple of months, just to have, have these available, that's a pretty good catch, to have these available and uh, to, to show them that we care for them. It's, it's, sometimes it's difficult when you're in a restaurant to go, hey, I just want you to know, uh, Christy, you've been waiting on us the last 15 minutes. Uh, I just want you to know before you go that we really love you. I think she may just quit and leave if you did that. That may be a little weird for some people. But you know what? This is a great opportunity right here to show them that we love them. Now, if you feel like telling them you love them, go right ahead. That's between you and the Lord. Y'all can work that out. But this right here is going to be a great opportunity for the next couple of months to show people that we care and uh, in a tangible way. Amen? So we'll be talking a lot more about that the next couple of weeks. And, and uh, let me say this one last thing before we get started. I would love it if you have a, a, a good story that, um, of something that happened when you gave out one of our kindness cards. I would love for you to share that with us. Give us, uh, shoot it through our Facebook or our email on our website, something like that. And let us know because we'd love to pass those things along and encourage everybody in the church. Wouldn't that be cool? I think that would be good. All right. Nudge your neighbor and ask them if they're ready for this. We're, we're starting a new series today, and it couldn't have started on a better Sunday than Child Dedication Sunday. That's awesome to see all the, the families up here with their kids, the parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends gathered around them. And today we start this series called Legacy. And Legacy is, is uh, important for us at South Point. It's important for us because we understand at South Point that we're not going to be here forever, right? That, that we want to do some things that are going to not just help the physical world, but we want to do some things for the, the supernatural. And let me give you a definition real quick of legacy and, and what that is. Here's what legacy is. If you have your orange bulletin, there's some notes in there. If you want to follow along with us or on the Bible app, version, you can follow along. The notes are already all put in there. You can type in your own after that. It's really good. Legacy is this. It's what people remember once you're gone. And how many of you know that this world is rigged? We're all going to be gone someday. No, nobody's getting out of this alive. We're all going to pass away out of this world. And now here I am. I'm, I'm, next week I will be 49, which everybody that's close to 50 will tell you that's super close to 50. All right. And I've been in ministry about 25 years this year, which in my mind I start realizing I'm about halfway done. Uh, maybe if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I'll get another 25 years, 20 years, something like that. And you really start thinking about that. Now that my kids, I have one in college and one that's a senior in high school, you start thinking about these things. And it, what's 
so much more important than what I'm going to financially give them is what I'm what I'm spiritually doing in this world. What's going to live beyond me? What's going to be working and doing things way past me? Way past me. Way past me. Like eternity. That's what I'm going to be shooting for. And there's some scriptures that I want to share with you today and, and help us, you and me, change our thinking a little bit. Like we did last month, we, we talked last month on the series that everything is spiritual. Well, today I want us to, to look at legacy in a little bit different than a physical way. Let me, let me tell you a story. My, my grandpa, he is 87, be 88 this next year. He was the first person in our family to give his life to Christ. My grandpa still lives on the house that he was living in when I was born on the far east side of Duncan, Oklahoma, on J Street, and kind of in the, the middle of still, like it was when I was growing up, the little hood over there, and refuses to leave. He just he, They're just going to live in that house. And my, my grandpa got hurt when he was in his 40s. He ruptured his back uh, hauling freight for, for a truck. Ended up never working again. Did a lot of fishing. But you know what? Through that, my grandpa's not going to leave. My grandma and grandpa, they're not going to leave me any money. They're not going to leave our family, their, their sons, any money. You know what they're going to leave them is a lifetime of challenging us to live for Christ. A lifetime of teaching us. If, if I hear my grandpa tell me the 90th story for the 100th time, one more time, and then I, then I think about, like, when I go visit him, he's going to tell me that story again today. In fact, he's going to tell me, like, nine stories again that I've heard them all. And you know what I start thinking about? That's part of the reason I am the way I am. That's part of the reason in college that I gave my life to Christ. Still to this day, my grandpa, I'll call, and my grandma will answer, and I'll start to I'll ask him, so where's Peppa at? He's out in his prayer closet. When he built that, he built the shop 30 or 40 years ago, and in the back corner of it, he's got a little about... I'd say it's about six foot by eight foot. Little room. It's got an air conditioner, a window unit he built in there. He's got a, a chair and a table. And he's got 40 years worth of layers of pictures and newspaper articles that people have given him. Pray for my son, my granddaughter, my, my spouse, my, my missionary. And he just puts them on the wall. And that's what he goes out there a couple of times a day and prays for those things. When I start thinking about legacy, I immediately go to my grandpa. He's not going to leave us any money. I don't even want his old truck. He was ooh, he was 84 Chevy, been to Warwicka Lake 912 times and been stuck half of those. I don't want that thing. But he's already given me the greatest gift I'm going to get from him. The legacy of his spirituality, the legacy of his growth, the legacy of his relationship with Jesus, the legacy of him coming to Christ as a middle-aged man and then converting most of our family, there's only a couple of people in our entire family who aren't serving Christ. And it's not because he threatened to kill them. It's because he loved them. It's because he reached out to them. Because he taught them. Because he cared for them. Because he prayed for them every day. That's the kind of legacy I want us to leave. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy. Paul is writing Timothy and he's kind of, he's encouraging him the same way. He says this, command those who are rich in this present world. Here's where we're going to go with that. So present world, he's, he's talking about like, this physical world. We did a lot of talking about this last, last month. But saying that, you understand what he's saying is he's contrasting another world, right? So those of us that are rich in this, in this world, command them to do this. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, 
which is so uncertain. Can I get an amen on that? But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I love that scripture. Do you know when I read that as a new believer in, in college, I, I paused and I said, hold on a minute. I've never heard in my entire life that God gave us things for our enjoyment. Aren't you glad that there's some scripture in here that provides us a little insight into, you know what, God has richly blessed you, and part of that is for your pure enjoyment. Isn't that good news? I think so too. I, I, I enjoy that. And, and if you ever ask yourself if you're rich, do you, how many in here claim to be rich? Will you raise your hand? I just need to see real quick. I'm, we have people writing na names down. Well, I want you to practice something real quick, okay? Practice doing this. Everybody reach up right, right hand, because you're rich. And now if you're, if, you're talking, if you're talking abilities and the place that you live and the air-conditioned house and running water, and all, we're all just bazillionaires, right? But do you know even financially? Do you know if, you, if your combined household income is $45,000 a year or more, you're in the top 1% of the entire 7 billion people on the planet? So you're rich. We're rich. And that's why when I, when I read this, I, I don't immediately go, that's our church. I think, that's Scott. I, I have everything that you could ever want in this life. God said, I've given you some of that for your enjoyment. And then he goes on. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, that's, that's what he said. Okay, let's read that one more time. Command them to do good, be rich in doing good, good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share our whole lives. And in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Not this age now, but we'll be able to leave a legacy in the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Isn't that such a good passage? There's so much. You could preach an entire series over that passage there. Paul is encouraging Timothy, as you preach, Timothy, as you... Timothy was a, a, a pastor of a small church, maybe, maybe this big. A bunch of new believers that, had, that Paul had won to the Lord, and he left Timothy in charge. Timothy, you're going to be the pastor. And, and command these people who have everything they need to be rich in doing good. To do good deeds all the time. To be generous and willing to share. Because when you do those physical things, you think about that. Those physical things, you're actually laying up treasures in a spiritual world that is your real legacy. Amen? So today, I'm, I'm going to give us some reasons. Reasons to think about legacy a little different in an eternal way. Listen, as a pastor, I can't think of many messages that would be more important than for us to continually focus our minds not on what we see, but on what we believe is coming in the age to come. Amen? Let, let's start with this first one. Number one, because heaven, not earth, is my home. Right? In John 14, Jesus, Jesus starts like this. He's talking about some of the stuff that's going on with the disciples, some of the, the conflict that they're getting, the persecution they're getting, the troubles of life. And I think we could relate to that. And Jesus starts in John chapter 1. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. He starts like that. John 14, 1. But here's what I want to focus on. The next verse says this. And he says, because in my father's house there are many mansions. There's plenty of room. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And here's the key part. I go to prepare a place for you. You understand? Look, look what he did real quick. It's, 
I feel like I'm preaching part two of last month's series. What he's saying is, you, don't let your hearts be troubled by the physical things of this world, right? And he immediately he takes them from physical issues, physical distractions, physical problems, and he flips their minds to think about eternal things. Hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In my father's house, there's plenty of room. And I am going to go prepare a place for you. And where I'm going one of these days, you're going to be there. You understand that? Like what he said, when you have physical junk going on in your life, everybody got some junk? Elbow your neighbor and ask him, you got some junk? Yeah, we, we all have junk going on in life sometimes. When that happens, remember this isn't your legacy. Remember this isn't it, right? It, it's going to be gone someday. This is all going to be gone, and we're going to be somewhere different. I believe that more today, 25 years later, than I did in 1993. Philippians, it says it like this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Elbow your neighbor on that one. All right. Somebody's going to get in trouble here. I am starting fights in church. And their glory is their shame. And here's why. Their mind is on earthly things. But... Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our citizenship, and there's a whole bunch, isn't there? There's a whole bunch in the news. Y'all don't want to get into citizenship right now, right? Let's not do that. Let's, let's think spiritual and not physical, all right? That just solves all of the problem. Remember we talked last month about in, in Christ, he says there is neither male nor female. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave. No, you remember that? Remember that scripture we talked about? That's, that's what he's saying here. He said, don't worry about the physical. Don't worry about the physical because when you put your faith in Christ, your citizenship, it may be written down in Washington, D.C. somewhere that you're a citizen of this country, but your eternal citizenship is somewhere else. It's in heaven. It's where God is. And one of these days, we're going to go there with him. Amen? Do you, do you see the way the solutions to so many of the physical problems of the Bible and then the encouragement in teaching us is to not get hung up on this world. Because let me just ask, can you get hung up on this world? Whew. Isn't it crazy? I can, I can preach one of the best messages in the world. I can talk, this is last Sunday, all right? You ready? Can I be honest? Y'all still love me as your pastor? All right, just right now, just close your eyes and say, forgive me, Lord. All right, right ahead of time. All right, I don't know if that works, but we're going to try it. Last Sunday, I'm bragging about me and Jenny. Haven't been in an argument in 15 years. Why are y'all laughing? And we go home, and before we get in the garage, some dumb little, like we literally, like we're standing in the kitchen going, what's going on? I don't know, but I'm ready to beat you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that quick, that quick, that quick. The physical could pull your distract, pull your mind into a distraction. And all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, it's like, remember, you're not a citizen of this world. Remember, one of these days you're going to a different place. That's not your legacy. Focus on your legacy. Focus on being rich in good deeds. Loving other people. Sharing what God's blessed you with. Remember, you're loaded. You're top 1%, right? Let's share that with others. Let's bless them with what we have. Let's take a little extra and show them the first step that God loves them. In fact, he blessed me so I could bless you because you're not ready to be blessed yet. Good stuff. I'm preaching way better than y'all shouting today. 
Listen to this. Here's one you haven't heard before. The reason we have to think about legacy in an eternal way is because that the dot or the line is longer than the dot. Y'all knew that, right? I was reading a book called, um, let me read it, Principles of the Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. And he gave a great illustration. I've seen it in different facets before in different ways. But he gave a great illustration. And I'll show it behind you that behind me that the dot, the dot is our life now. That's it. It, 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 we're here for a little bit. The Bible says that we're like a vapor, the morning mist. You know, you ever come out in the morning and you can look at a low spot down the road and there's a little fog and it's like, oh, it's cool, a little bit of fog. You better watch out on your way to school or to work or whatever. But we all know what happens. By about 10 o'clock, it's gone, right? Fog never sticks around like for a month because it's, it's here for a little bit and it's gone. And the treasure principle is understanding that our treasures, that's where we want to lay up things. It comes from an eternal thinking, understanding that what we're doing here today with the kids, the families, the moms and dads, the aunts and uncles, grandparents, this is not dot thinking. This is line thinking. Does that make sense? And, and, I, and I can feel that way. Like, this would be a little weird to people not living for Jesus. Why do y'all do, do all of those things? Well, because we understand that this world is temporary. And we understand that Christ is preparing a place for us. I don't know how all of that's working, but what he did say is where we're going, that's where we're real citizens of. And our goal should be the work and the legacy that we want to leave for where we're going. Make sense? It almost did to me. The, the goal in our lives should be to leave a legacy for the line. Listen, listen to the Hebrews 11, how it says this. God, God praises people throughout Scripture for having this thinking. It says, people who live this way make it plain that they're looking for their true home. Pause there just for a minute. What, how, how can somebody make it plain? How do you tell by just looking at somebody? How do you tell by watching somebody that their thinking is different? That they're, they're acting different. They're not thinking all about their kingdom on earth. They're thinking about God's kingdom on the next, on the next kingdom, right? Listen to what he says. They were after a far better. Can everybody say far better? Oh, yeah, that's good. They're after a far better country than that. Heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city, not Oklahoma City, but has a city waiting for them. See, some people think that, some people think that heaven is going to be like you're just going to be a little chubby, naked, naked cherub sitting on a cloud somewhere just strumming a harp. Yeah? Can I tell you, that's hell. That's not heaven, okay? That's, <laughs> that's, that's not. When, when you actually read Bible, that's some weirdo years ago thought, this ought to be what heaven. No, that's not at all. Heaven, God's got things for us to do. When, when you read the book of Daniel, it's a weird book. It's about the future. A lot of it's about the future. When you read those things, when you read some Jeremiah, when you read some Revelation and get glimpses, like God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, one that's not broken, one where there is no death, one where there is no pain. Can I get a little preaching going on here? Right? It says where the lion will actually lay down with the lamb, but like probably the way it was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden before it was messed up. But this time, we're going to be, it, it says that the followers that are saved now, we're going to be working with God. We're going to be going back and forth between heaven and earth doing something for God. And I'm just guessing. Can I just go out on a real weird pastoral stretch here? I'm just guessing 
that the people on earth right now that have an eternal mindset, that even though that it's a conflict day and night, you know, oh, well, this is physical. Remember, it's spiritual. Remember, I'm rich. Why am I rich to do these things for God? But I do them physically for spiritual reasons and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I bet you those people are the ones he's talking about in Daniel. I bet those people are the ones he's talking about in Revelation. They're going to be doing for God. Amen? People with a legacy. My, what, what am I doing that's laying up treasures on the other side? Being rich and doing with my riches what God said would lay up treasures on the other side. Being rich in good deeds. Loving people in His name. Amen? Number three is this. Because there's limited time and incredible opportunity. Should have got an amen on that one. That's a good one. Ephesians 5 says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And here's my favorite part, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, as, as I think about this point that because there's limited time and incredible opportunity, I think about that's not equal for everybody. There's, a, there's limited time for everybody, right? We're not getting out of this alive. Everybody's going to pass away. But there's not incredible opportunity for everybody. There's incredible opportunity for the ones that have an eternal mindset, that have a, a mindset of what, what God is do, doing in me, what He's done in me, what He's blessed me with, all avenues of life. That's not just for me. Some of it's for my enjoyment, but the rest is to do God's work so that I can lay up treasures in heaven. Right? Those are the things that, can I, can I tell you, not growing up in church, not growing up as a believer, those are the things that still here I am 25 years later and I still have conflict with. I still see physical things sometimes as physical things only. And I need to remember, I, through this physical thing, I'm going to try to affect somebody spiritually. I'm going to try to change their heart and change their life from what God has blessed me with. Amen? She's, she's loving this, isn't she? And the last one is this. Here's what I like because it's smart. You ever heard that point before? You ever just read the Bible and there's not really a point and you go, yep, that's because it's right. Because it's smart. Listen, listen to the greatest investment tip you'll ever hear. All right? Some insider trading right here. You can write this down. Matthew 6, one of the greatest sermons Jesus ever preached. He said this, don't store up treasures here on earth, where moth eat them and rust destroy them, and where thieves break in and steal. And that what he's saying is that every single thing you can gain on this planet can be taken away if it's just physical things. Every single thing. I have known people that, that have had the greatest athletic bodies in the world in one accident. It's taken away. Breaks your heart. Known people that have had millions and millions of dollars in one week of stock market take it away. It's incredible. And, and, and run the gamut through that. But listen to what else he says. He says this, so store your treasures in heaven. And I, I, I think that he's not saying you can't have any physical things, obviously. God has blessed us with a lot. We're rich in this world. But he says, now store your treasures. And we're going to get to that word in just a second. We're going to store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal because, here we go, wherever your treasure is, there your desires will be also. Wherever your treasures are. Let me, let me 
put that to you really quick. Have you ever, have you ever bought a new car? And when you buy that, I've had one new car in my life. I, I, I swore I wasn't ever going to buy another new one. Because you drive it off the lot and you lose like 900% right there. But can I tell you, like I had never in my life taken care of a car like I had that one. I mean, it would sprinkle and I would talk to God about it. Lord, do you think I spent four hours yesterday waxing this black, shiny paint that you could sprinkle on it? You know what I'm saying? Like, where, wherever, what you find is, wherever your treasure is, your heart follows that. And what I have found is, when, when I force myself in the beginning, I force myself to invest in God's work. Like, I remember the first time at 15, 18 years ago, when our church that we were at, uh, we were associate pastors up on the north side, we decided to go to the Dominican Republic. And we were going to help this church that had this uh, school where they had about 100 kids. We were just going to give them lunch. It was like a $30 a month, one of those kind of programs, 30 bucks a month. They get lunch five days a week. They get, you know, uh, a toy at Christmas. They get their teeth checked, like those kind of things. And they get paid to go or they pay for their schooling. And we did that for a couple of years. Then all of a sudden, it kind of got big enough that our church said, we're going to take a missions trip there. You're going to catch me falling here in just a second. And so since I'm on staff and we're going to take, we took a, a dozen people over to the Dominican. And our little girl's name is Catherine. We'd been helping her, paying for her for the last couple of years, getting updates every couple of months. You know, they would give us one of those letters where she would write it. And in her language, and then somebody else would translate it. We'd get to read it. And I'm standing in the back, and we're, we're giving out. I think we went at Christmas, and we're putting out dinner and fixing dinner for everybody and getting ready to give gifts. And I'm just sitting back there with the camera so that we can see so we can see it all and show our church when we get home. And all the kids, man, they're just eating and opening gifts. And I mean, it was just one of those that just make your heart swell. This was great. This is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. 30 bucks a month, come on. You know, I bought meals more than that before. This is what we need to do. And all of a sudden, I felt this. And I turned and looked, and staring up, her head was about that big, about that tall. Was this little, she had, Catherine has a little lazy eye, goes over to the side. Two big old pigtails, colored yarn that they had, some of her friends had done up. And she looked up, and she goes, hi, Scott. And you would have thought God reached down and said, ha, ha, and just touched me, and I just melted. I cried. Here I am, this poor girl has been waiting two years to see me. And you know what her first sight is? That was, that was her first thing that she saw this grown man do. And I remember squatting down on one knee and just holding her. I thought it was my kid. I'm just squeezing her and holding her. And she introduced me to some of her other brothers and sisters that were there. And it was really then, it was like, 17, 18 years ago, like I, I forced myself to cut out 30 bucks. And we're not, we're not doing sponsorships today. That's not what we're ending. But I forced myself to do that 30 bucks a month. We've been doing it ever since. We have multiple kids in multiple countries. Because you know what? I, I got to touch one. I got to hug one. I got to hear her. She knew about five or six English words, and one of them was my name. And, and something physical changed in me. And my goal for today is that as we, whew, I swore I wasn't going to do this, 
But as we talk about the supernatural, as we talk about eternal and really where our legacy is going, that God would touch you. And I'm sure there are many in here that God's done those things in the past for you and changed your heart. But my goal is that this wouldn't be another message. I mean, good grief. We just had six amazing families up here, and that's exactly, exactly what we're doing today. Exactly. We're investing in eternity by loving on these kids right here on this dot. Right? But I pray that today God would touch your heart. Do something supernatural that a message can't do. That a, that a, a, a graphic of a dot in a line can't do. A story about the Dominican can't do. But I can tell you that one second that God's Holy Spirit can do something that you can spend a lifetime trying to figure out yourself. So I want to pray for us at the, right now at the end of this message. Would you mind just closing your eyes? And, you know, for so many years, I've prayed at the end of messages. And I want to tell you a secret. Can I tell you a secret? It has nothing to do with me. Zero. It has everything to do with you giving God permission. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's, he's kind. He will not invade you without you asking my prayer today is that God would do something supernatural. We, this series goes two more weeks and each week's going to get a little deeper and deeper and I'm so excited about what things we're going to cover. But I pray that God would give each of us, speak to us today and touch our lives and give each of us a perspective on eternity. Not to let us constantly get distracted by the physical. And through that, through that, this church, every individual in it, every family member, we raise these kids this way, understanding that everything I do in His name, I'm laying up treasures on the other side. I'm, I'm, I'm completing God's kingdom on the other side. I'm ushering in kids and teenagers and adults on the other side. I'm a part of what God's doing on this planet. Lord, we, we leave it to you today. Right now, Lord Jesus, we give you permission to speak into our lives. We want you to change us. It's too hard on our own. Our minds, so often we gravitate toward the physical. Our eyes are, we tend to live by sight. And Lord, we tell you today, we don't want to be that way. Not only, we want to see what's going on in front of us, but we want to understand it by faith. We want to trust what your word says. I've never met you, Jesus. I've only put my hope and my trust in your word but I've seen you do some incredible things in people's lives and hearts in the last 25 years and our prayer is today Lord that you would touch our lives and supernaturally help us to see eternally change our perspective from this physical world to an eternal world help us to understand that we're rich that you've loaded us with gifts and abilities and finances and time that a big part of that is ours. It's for our life. It's to provide for us. But help us to understand that those things that we set aside and we invest back to you, serving somewhere, loving on somebody, blessing them, those things are the good deeds that we're laying up in heaven. The things that are changing, not just eternity, but they're changing our lives here physically pray, Lord, today that you'd have your way with us, that you'd touch our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen.